Grant, they actually did it. They did it. They did it. They've gone and done it. This is emergency podcast. I'm recording. I'm, I mean, uh, not really emergency because it's like two. It's a day after, but it's a day before I norm- normally post. Yeah. So that counts as emergency podcast. I've got Grant Yuri here. I'm James Timberlake. This is the Weekend Sports Wrap Podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank Hi. you to thank you to, to Jack and Kathleen Wood. Thank you to Alpine Climate Control for sponsoring the program. Uh, remember to hit the follow button on all those very important subscribe or uh, podcasting platforms. You guys know the deal. Leave a rating. Okay, let's get right into it. We're going to need Alpine in here because it's about to get heated. It's gonna heated. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Wow. I'm not a amateur. That's a good one. Well done. Well done. <laughs> um, so conference championship Saturday, for the most part, went off without a hitch. It was... Uh, other than George Alabama it was pretty chalky. Washington, except actually Washington was they were huge underdogs in that game. They're like nine points. Not really. It was nine points. Not huge. I mean, for two top ranked, top ten ranked teams, that's pretty yeah. big. Yeah, I guess so. That's pretty big. Um, but I will say it played out very much in the way that Washington needed it to. Bo Nix yeah. came out. He did not look very good for basically a half. Oregon was playing catch up basically the entire game and the entire game, which is not how they want to play. No. Yeah. Um, and in the end time ran out. Welcome to football. Bo Nix threw his first pass yep. at the face of a referee right into the referee, which was really funny. Just, I, I wish the referee would have caught it and started running the other way. <laughs> Usually not a good sign. No, true. Um, uh, plus I love, they have the ref cams now too. So you can, have it in first person. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, in those situations, I felt bad for the ref because it's like he's not getting out of the way of that. There's an, it was a know, bullet. What are you going to do? Yeah. That's, um, not, that's not the ref's fault. That's the quarterback's no. fault. Yeah. What are you and gonna the do? route runner. What are you going to do? They, they, that's the same place that the referee has been standing for the last 50 years <laughs> and it won't change. Um, so, yeah, for the most part, pretty chalky. Washington was an upset, but not a huge upset, I don't think. When you say chalky, what do you mean? Chalk as in like. Chalk it up? I don't, yeah, like you can chalk in the okay. favorites. I don't know where it really comes from, but that's okay. kind of the idea. Chalk the favorites in, gotcha. essentially. Um, but yeah, it was, I mean, it was a good, I mean, Texas blew out Oklahoma State, which uh, that's Oklahoma State for you. Welcome you know to what? Oklahoma State football. I actually didn't think that was going to be a blowout. I I mean, I had Texas winning, mm-hmm. but. You, my friend, have not, not watched very much Oklahoma State football. But that's ha- what they do. I watched them play Oklahoma. I watched yep. them play. Um, who's the other team that they beat? Um, that was pretty impressive. Uh, was it TCU? You're putting me on the on the spot right now. Yeah. And now I'm sorry. Kansas. They may have been Kansas. Yeah, it might have been Kansas. Kansas or Kansas State. One of those yeah. two teams. Um, but that's what they do. Oklahoma State. They play really like they'll have a shocker at the beginning of the season. Like this year at South Alabama. I remember they lost to Central Michigan at home yeah. not too long ago. <laughs> and then they'll rattle off like nine wins. And then you know, not do anything with it. Essentially. There's no better regular season coach to just getting to nine wins than Mike Gundy and his do mullet. You, do you think these uh, championship games were good? I, I thought half of them weren't, weren't very good. Um, the best one of the week was on a Friday, which is kind of a travesty. Yeah. With the Pac-12 championship. I almost missed that. Yeah. Nobody, nobody thinks to turn it on to watch it's championship Saturday, but the biggest game of the weekend was on Friday. Yeah. In terms of playoff implications, Washington had one less game or one less day because the True. Oregon played on a Friday the week before in the Civil War. I missed it. Oh, wow. I, I didn't no realize idea. that. That's interesting. And yeah. it didn't even matter. Nope. Washington said, we don't care. We're going to we're going to wash our hands of this. Um, or uh, I would say Alabama, Georgia was a pretty good game for the most part. Yeah, it was Florida State. 
Louisville was close, but I wanted to wash my like I wanted to wash my eyes out with like one of those chemical showers afterwards that you get in like a science class because it was t- it was a really hard watch. It was a very hard watch, not yeah. fun to watch, but still a good game for the most part. Well, the uh, the terrible one was the Michigan Iowa. Who would have thought? <laughs> wow, it's very painful to watch Iowa try to throw the ball. Yeah. Or get a first down. It's very painful to try to watch them do anything on offense. They're I'm telling you, man, I, because they hijacked my favorite segment of the show, which is now ending because of this week. Yeah. Um, because we're going into bowl season. Hopefully, you know, I should probably get that sponsored. That'd be cool. Yeah. The poo poo garbage. No good game of the week brought to you by, um, a plus plumbers. <laughs> yeah. Sanitary. <laughs> yeah. Something. Um, that'd be fun. Anyways. Yeah. Iowa. They're just. That's what they do. They win on defense and on special teams, and they go ten and two somehow every year. It's it's un it's uncanny. They could be a really good team if they get an offensive coordinator with like a decent resume and put together like a good offense through the portal. Like that could be a really good team. I don't think they need to change their offensive uh, scheme. They just need like talent. ballers. Yeah, talent of any kind, of any kind on the offensive side. They did lose their starting quarterback for yeah, the season earlier in the year, so. But even when they did have them, it's not like they were lighting up the scoreboard by any means. It, like the the insane stat that I've read before on this program, they're the only team in the history of college football going back to the 1930s when we had no idea what throwing the ball forward was. They're the only team in the history of college football to average less than 250 yards per game on offense and go 10 and two. Huh? That is insane. That's a great defense. That's, uh, that's how they win. Also, let's not bury the lead here. Uh, I'm very upset. Okay, sorry. Let's get upset. You want you? Let's get heated. Alpine climate control. Let's get very upset. Yeah. Okay. Um, we had our playoff selections, our playoff, uh, whatever committee selections that happened on Sunday, and uh, number one was Michigan. I don't think anybody was really surprised by that. The only, the only, uh, per, the only team that could have. Uh, maybe snuggled their way in there was uh, was Washington, but I don't think anybody was going to do that. So it goes Michigan, know. Washington, Texas, which blow out Oklahoma State. They have, uh, Georgia loses. They get all the help in the world. They're in. And then the fourth team. Let me ask you something really quick. Yeah. Let me put this scenario out in front of you. Uh, Florida State. Yeah. They go with a th- a 13 and 0 on the season, 12 and 0 on the season. Undefeated. Yeah. A more, and then, in my opinion, a more impressive resume than Michigan. And then you have another team named Alabama, who is eleven and one. Their their lone loss coming to Texas in week three or four, I think, something like that, yeah. earlier in the season. Eleven and one, but still that one loss. Florida State undefeated. Who do you think gets in? In your opinion, who do you think deserves to be in in that scenario? Florida State. I would agree. I would agree. But you know what happened? That's not what happened. Alabama got in, and they are the fourth team. In the play of the playoff teams, they they jump how many places? They were eighth before so they, they beat Georgia. Four, yeah, four places. And then Georgia, how much did they drop? They dropped. I think they're the sixth ranked team in the country now. Okay, I don't know. It, it's, uh, my point is the reason why I'm really upset. Not only the fact that Florida State is isn't in, and not only the excuses that these professional media people are talking about because I well, I'll get into that in yeah. a second. Um but it, if you're gonna put Alabama in, 
and not Georgia in. W- where's the logic in that? Aren't don't doesn't Georgia have a one loss? Right. But you got very look, close. But it's head points. to head. I mean, it's head to head. You can't put Georgia in if Alabama just beat them. I understand that one. I understand that one. Now, if like Texas would have lost this weekend, I fully would have expected yeah, so. to have Georgia, Alabama, three, four, and not Florida State. If this oh. is how they were thinking the entire time, I think this is what I think. I think that the voters made up their mind and made up excuses to. Or they made the rules up after they made the decision. Right. That's what it seems like today. To me. You have to, if you're somebody from the outside looking in, the committee has, and you're usually, if you're a fan of the sport, thinking it in two different lanes. So there's the best teams in the college football playoff, which is what some people believe, or there's the most deserving teams in the college football playoff. Sometimes you'll get both. Michigan, best, most deserving team. Washington, best, most deserving team. Texas, probably a best, most deserving team. That fourth team has always been an issue basically since the playoff began. And now I think they have very obviously made their case. It is the best team in their opinion that deserves to get in. Not the most deserving, an undefeated Florida state team who lost their quarterback granted lost their, okay. their Heisman candidate quarterback, whatever their Heisman candidate quarterback still put two gutsy performances together against a good Louisville team and a Florida team, which granted not a great Florida team, but that's a rivalry game. They put together those two teams and they ended the season undefeated. That to me deserves to be put into the playoff. Okay. So they say best teams, but this is a rule they made up today this year because it's not the previous years when 2014 Ohio state third string quarterback, 2017 Alabama second string quarterback, 2018 Clemson second string quarterback and 2021, the second string quarterback for Georgia. Those teams won the national national championship. That's 44%. Right. Right. I, I look, I, you're not going to get an explanation out of me. I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking. So half the time about the, of the playoff. Right. Committee. They see, I don't know. I don't know what they, they, they see a big win for Alabama over Georgia, which granted that's a huge win for them. That's the, that's what they needed to do in order to even get the idea of them getting into the playoff. Well, there's no logic to, to me because if, if the rule, if they are going by the same rules, they always have been the college playoff committee. Right. Then they wouldn't have done this. That's my point is like they had to get this SEC team in and then make up the rule afterwards. I'm a full believer now that I don't think we'll ever see. I don't think we'll ever see a college. Well, I mean, this is the end of the four team anyways, but if this were to continue, I don't think we'd ever see a scenario in which we didn't have an SEC school in the college football. Yeah, that's not granted. We're getting the 12 team, which I could not come soon enough. I never have wanted to go backwards in my uh, entire life, but I was like this year, let's just go Michigan, Washington. Cause I can't do this. Like, what are we doing at this point? Michigan, Washington, the two best teams in the country. Let's just have them play yeah. against one another. And we're good. Yeah. That's, I mean, that, Why not? after, after that show that came out on Sunday, they saw Al. they put Alabama in. I was like, let's just, what are we doing at this point? This is the same problem we had with the BCS rankings. Yeah. I don't know if this was the BCS era right now. It'd be like, wow, this, this thing works really well. Yeah, Cause you got the two best teams. That's the (laughs) correct call. Good job. It's ridiculous. Um, I don't know. I, I had something to say. I'm getting a little heated. You should be. And I just, yeah, next year will be better. Hopefully we'll have the argument for like, it'll always evolve. We'll have the argument for the 13th best team and the 14th best team, why they should be number 12. But, you know, there's a little bit of fall off. 
the discourse I'm reading online is, well, what if Alabama goes and wins the national championship, which is yeah. completely possible. Well, that to me is a worst case scenario because then what are you going to do? Florida state, if they win their bowl game, which yeah. I don't even know if they care about anymore. I wouldn't. Why would you? Why would <laughs> but you? Now you're going to be like, well, they didn't beat Florida state. Yeah. An undefeated top five ranked team. And if it was the opposite way, if Alabama was, was, uh, out right. and playing Georgia in a bowl game or something, how funny would that be? Um, and Florida state won it all. No one would be questioning. Well, Florida state maybe should have played Alabama. And right. We would never known. I think personally, if, if they would have lost to Georgia, if Alabama would have lost to Georgia, we don't have this conversation. Like that would have been best case scenario. Cause then you just have, it's an easy one, two, three, four, you get Georgia, um, Washington, Florida state, and then, you know, whoever, um, yeah, whoever after that, uh, Michigan, Michigan would be in there too. That'd be easy. Four undefeated teams are in there. Yeah. It's Washington. We close out, but this is, I mean, this is the thing about the playoff is there's always controversy. It just finds a way to be controversial. Well, uh, I think Alabama has a great chance to beat Michigan. I mean, I, 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 I bet that they'd be favored. I don't know if they'll you be. So? I mean, it'll be close. I think the lines are already open. I think they because put them out in already. my opinion, I think Washington. Um, let's see. I I would say, hmm, hold on. Michigan might have a better chance at beating Texas than they do Alabama, even though Texas has a win over Alabama. Um. Yeah, I think I I, I think personally, Michigan is the the best team out. I mean, and I think they got that part, right. Where they're not the, the best ranked, the best team in college football right now. Mm-hmm. And they're getting hot at the right moment. They have the most impressive win over Ohio state. I think they're the best team in the country right now. Um, Washington is also, I mean, they're really good. Beat, oh, I mean, we all, I mean, I personally, I don't, I don't know about you, but I saw them going into the Oregon game and Oregon was outplaying them in the last six weeks and probably was playing the best football of anybody in the entire yeah. country. I'm telling you, Washington has great playmakers and they have great playmakers everywhere. That defensive line is really, really good. I mean, they're going to rush anybody. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, in I, my opinion, it, I think that Oregon, had they won, I think Oregon would have had a tough time stopping every team in the playoffs run game. Right. Yeah. I don't think. So right now, according to FanDuel, which is one of the betting sites, you can get this in a bunch of different areas, but according to FanDuel, Michigan is a two and a half point favorite. Okay. So a, f- a field goal favorite, essentially, which okay. I don't think is that surprising. It's another thing it, like, and up to this point with Alabama, we were like, this is the worst Alabama team we've seen in a decade. Yeah. Easily. The first half. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, were, um, they look terrible. And then, and then like even the Auburn game, they should have lost that game. The blown zone. They should have lost that football game. They were given, they were handed a miracle at the end of that game. There was no reason that, and Auburn is like, has been terrible this year. I think, I don't even think they're going to a bowl game. They were sub 500 this season. Nobody, we don't hold that against them. You know, the rivalry is a little different. Yeah, you're right. Touche. Very, very much a touche. Also, they, I think Michigan compared to Alabama, when Alabama needs to put points on the board or if they need that you know, first down and mm. long or fourth and long first down. They seem to get it. Michigan, Michigan as a whole package is probably puts together their game better than Alabama. Yeah. But just Alabama has those 
has a little bit of an X factor. And I mean, and they've been playing a lot better as of recent. Yeah. Not, not better than Michigan, but as of recent compared to when they were, where they were against the Texas uh, at the Texas game. Out of all the teams in the playoffs, the most complete team, would you agree? Michigan? Uh, yeah. Top to bottom. Most complete team is probably seem solid everywhere. Yeah. They're good on defense. Very good on defense. I think they're, Pass game leaves a little bit desired, but they have one of the best, um, one of the best running backs in the entire country. Um, they're out, you know, pass game with the receivers and stuff isn't the greatest. Um, but for the most part, I think they're don't sleep on Washington's game. running back. No, a true. lot of people have been, and he should have been the MVP that and, game. And they they played their best defense of the season. I oh, think yeah, uh, in the conference championship. They're they're Washington's full of ballers, man. Yeah. So it's Florida State, though, man. I just really okay, wanted Florida State. Here's a scenario. And the thing that I struggle with is people are saying it would have been a bad matchup. Florida State would have gotten blown out by Michigan, which you're probably what? you're pro- I would argue you're probably right. But to me, that is not the point. OK, no. it, the, the point of this is to always have the most deserving teams. They're fi- they're 12 and 0, whatever it is. They're undefeated going into selection Sunday that should not the fact that their quarterback got injured should not be held against them because they still played two games after that in which they won yeah and in a championship game I thought those, yeah. I thought those mattered so yeah exactly same 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 so did <laughs> I so did I granted you have four conference champions but I mean no it would be really one, funny if if an SEC team had an option to not play in the championship game and they're ranked in the top four they would they drop no, I have another scenario for you. Jordan Travis, who yeah. snapped his leg in every place imaginable, which is very obvious and very easy to see on television. Yeah. But let's say a, a different scenario. Let's say Jordan Travis gets a ankle, like a high ankle sprain, something that's typically keeps you out for like six weeks or something like that. Yeah. What if, what if Florida state doctors and the head coaches and all that stuff just straight up lied to the public? And said, hey, Jordan Travis, he's week to week. We're going to keep him out just to be careful. Um, but he's week to week. Yeah. He should be back by whatever bowl we get or whatever the playoff time. Do you think he gets? they get in at that point? Because we know his season is over. Right now, his season is over. Yeah, and yeah. that has cost them a playoff spot. No, but I, if he is week to week and they just lie, they straight up lie to the public and they're like, look. He might, he might come back. He, he can probably come yeah. back for the playoffs. Honestly? He, they, pro- he probably get, they probably get in. It, no. I don't think they get it. You don't think they get no, in? No, I think they would try whatever they can to get Alabama in. They would have made up another excuse. Yeah. I mean, I, I and, think. And no, no, the better um, what if is if the same situation happened with Alabama or Georgia. Right. Where they lost their quarterback. And it basically did. And it has happened with Alabama. Yeah, Alabama, and it's happened. Jalen Hurts got. Or, uh, and it's me. happened to Florida State, Alabama, Ohio. Ohio State, sorry, yeah. not Florida State. It's happened to Clemson, Alabama, and Ohio State, and Georgia. Most famously, Ohio State, 2014. Yes. Uh, they lost JT Barrett. Cardale Jones comes in. Part of that also, Cardale Jones, when he came in, they were also playing in the Big Ten championship game. Yeah. And they blew out Wisconsin. It was like 59 yeah, to nothing. True. And at that point, they were like, okay, well, we they, have to put him in now. That's a hard game to swallow because Oregon just could not tackle Cardale. Right. He just ran, physically ran over everybody, even the right. linemen. He was a good player. I mean, he was a really, oh, was and that's awesome. the thing is he, I mean, they basically replaced JT Barrett with not a better quarterback, but arguably one that could run the offense as well <laughs> as JT Barrett. That guy was awesome. Yeah. Um. Anyways. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a, I'm happy. The, the thing is I'm happy it's over. Like I'm happy the, yeah, good this, is, this is the perfect, the perfect kind of um thing to cap off the 14 playoff with. 
It never really made any sense in the first place because you got five power conferences, power five conferences, four playoff spots. Somebody's always going to get left out. Yeah. And that's, I mean, the Pac-12 has been dealing with that for the last, whatever, seven years. If Oregon would have won, would they have left out Pac-12? No, I think Pac-12 was a, I mean, honestly, this, look, the only thing to me, the only thing that is keeping Florida State out is the fact that Jordan Travis got hurt. That is the only thing that is keeping them out of the playoff, which is why I think if they would have just lied to everybody, they would have got in, it, which is a problem. How how unfair is that for exactly. the rest of the team? And they also, it's a slap in the face. To me, the commit, this, like this decision from the point of view of the committee makes it seem like the committee believes that the people in the SEC, the play, the teams in the SEC, Alabama, Georgia, are playing at such a different competitive level compared to the ACC okay. and even the Pac-12, which is ridiculous okay. because that's not, I don't believe that's true either. No, I, I, I honestly think they have a way bigger TV market than everybody. That's true, and it's only going to get bigger, too, next year. Yeah. Because you're bringing in Oklahoma, you're bringing in Texas, which are, Texas is probably Massive. the biggest... Um, Market for football in general. Yeah, te- the bigger and then just the the biggest um, school in terms of um, like marketability. Yeah, because they've got you know incredible sir like a, a, an incredible athletic group there and athletic programs and stuff. So um, from top to bottom, that right athletics at that school were huge. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I want to die to be honest with you. I could not. I woke up on Sunday. I was like, I could not. I cannot believe they did that. I cannot believe they're punishing team because one player got hurt like that that's that's the game it's a war of attrition it's that's what football is you put them in they're undefeated they yeah. won the war of attrition yeah they can still win and it. they've been punished to be more impressive now with a 12-man team playoff or 12 team 12 playoff, team playoff yeah this stuff is still going to happen it's, right. it's just going to be easier because you're like oh liberty is 13 and 0 maybe they're not going to right. go into uh the playoffs they that ha- might be okay, even though some might say they deserve at least more than a three loss power five mm. conference team. I would argue that but are they going to bring in a te- the team that is they think is better or more mm. deserving? Right. You know, because we're going to the run 12, into these same problems with 12 teams. Right. It seems like there's more room for a deserving team. Yeah. Because you're not going to mess up the best team at the end of the year. No. The best team is going to be winning it all. I think that something that we're going to see more of with the 12 team playoff is we're going to see a lot of like the old misses of the world, which I think is already ranked 11th, where they have three losses and you're comparing them against a Liberty team that's undefeated. Yeah. And then one of them is getting like old miss is going to get in because they're clearly the better team than Liberty. I, in my opinion, if you can't win your conference, you can't win the whole thing. Imagine if this was in the NFL. And right. the, sometimes it happens all the time. Actually, the yeah. best two teams play in either the wild card or the NFC or AFC championship game. Sometimes it's clearly those are the two best teams. Mm. It's well on its way to happening this year because you got like because um, the NFC East with Philadelphia and then Dallas is right behind them. Yeah. Philly's probably going to win that division, but I mean Dallas is a very dangerous wild card team. Yeah. So the, I like that Philly uh, Dallas memes that are going on right now. You seen they those? hate each other. They're like, who's better? And then San Francisco's like right. shaking at him. I mean, San Francisco's the best team in the NFL right now. Um, yeah. Let's talk bowl games. Okay. okay yeah, really yeah, quickly. Please. Hello, my friends and fellow confidants. 
It is time now to hear a quick word from one of our sponsors, Jack and Kathleen Wood at 307 Real Estate. Now, look, I may have a bit of a hot take here, to be honest with you. I think there is no better way to watch a game of football, especially professional football, maybe even college football, than the comfort of your own home with your big TV, your own personal snacks. You know, you don't have to go to the concession stand to get a $9 hot dog paired with a $7.5 water. No, you can have your own water. You can make your own hot dogs at home and you can just sit there on your couch and watch football. You can't do any of that, though, without a home to do it in. And Jack and Kathleen Wood are the people to do it with at 307 Real Estate. They can help you at both buy and sell property that you are looking to list or purchase in the Sheridan area and beyond. They have been part of this community since 2004 when they first moved here. And ever since, they have been working to better the community and make it a more beautiful place to live. They are both ambassadors with the Chamber of Commerce, so they know this community like the back of their hand. So they are the people that you're going to want to talk to for all of your real estate needs, whether it be buying or selling. You've all heard the slogan, call Jack and get ready to pack. And you can call Jack at 307-763-1249 or Kathleen at 307-461-7203. That's Jack and Kathleen Wood at 307 Real Estate. Big thank you to them for sponsoring the show. These beautiful things that no one cares about, and they don't do. matter. Well, and I know the players you're do. You're one of few. You're one of few. The players The do. players do too? Yes. Really? Yeah, they do. Caleb Williams just opted out. Not the players that have, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars on the line, but the rest of the 99% of them do. Tell it to the transfer portal kids. Hey, that's not, that's. Hey, that's not cool, dude. <laughs> no, that's, that's their decision, really. No, you're right. It's I not, agree. But they still they would still want to play. I would argue that I would argue that they still care about it. It's I would, just the rules. Say. No, you're right. But with that being said, I would argue that the NCAA has reached a point who puts together all these bowl games. They've reached a point along with ESPN where um they're realizing that the players don't care, which is why they have the transfer portal window open up after selection Sunday. And not after bowl season. So they have the portal window, which is like, for those who are not familiar, it's like a, yeah. like the transfer market in English Premier League soccer. That's when you can trade people, essentially. And you can declare for the transfer portal beforehand, but you can't actually enter the portal and start putting your names out there until the transfer portal window opens. Yeah. Um, and that happened, I believe it was today, the transfer portal opened, or yesterday, one of the two. Um, the transfer portal opened, and I think that's a glaring showcase of how the NCAA even thinks, yeah, I mean, we're just putting these bowl games together because yeah, I mean, we're going to, because ESPN's paying us a bunch of money to show these, you know, that sort of thing. So I still think Oregon state versus Notre Dame. I think those guys are going to come to play every single one of them, except for their coach, <laughs> except for, and DJ young LA. He hit the transfer portal. He's transferring. Where would he transfer to? I mean, kind of wherever he, he wants he right now. He just transferred. Yeah, but that's the transfer portal, baby. You can bounce from, you can go to four different teams in four different years. Don't you think you have a better shot of going to the NFL if you stay with this team that no. you did really well in? No, because I bet he goes to Michigan State, follows Jonathan Smith. Is that his name? I just forgot his name. Uh, uh, I think maybe. the guy from um, the coach. head coach of Oregon State just went to Michigan State. I bet he follows him and goes to Michigan that State. That won't be a bad idea. No. I take it back. Um, but if that's the case, if that's what's happening, then why would DJ Youngle play in this game? You know, he got to get ready, go to Michigan State, get ready to start in Michigan State. This is a big game. For who? 
the the holiday bowl people. I don't even know who it's Sun Bowl. The Sun Bowl people. Who cares? <laughs> You're gonna win a, a trophy that will get, collect dust. You know, some of these athletes they they play for glory. You know that, right? Yeah, of course they do. But that's like, com- I mean, all of them do. Compare, yeah, they all do. But your glory is not going to pay off my mother's mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> And I'd rather, you know, the the thing is with these, could. with these, with the bowl games, like the, the easy route for it these bowl games should. is for the, the corporate sponsors who sponsor the bowl games to pay a certain amount of players or pay the winnings to the team's players. Yeah. Why don't, that's another thing. Why don't these bowl games pay out these players? These question. bowl games should be, I mean, they already are incredibly profitable. Yeah. Since we're already separating the NCAA regular season and postseason yeah. with the bowl games. We're already separated. Okay, now is the time to give all these players the money. They're they're walking advertise like the the bowl games are just walking advertisements. Yeah, it's essentially. Fun. Well, that's fine. It's and just, I'm okay. I'm okay with it if they lean into like the Duke's Mayo Bowl. I like that one because yeah, they're just like, yeah, no, we know. <laughs> like, yeah, this is an ad. We're gonna dump the head coach who wins this game. We're gonna dump. We're gonna dump Mayo over his head. That's fun. Welcome to welcome to bowl season, baby. That's cool. <laughs> and then I think the Pop Tart Bowl. Yeah. The Pop Tart Bowl is happening, which is I don't I don't know who um, is playing that one. I'll look it up really quick. Yeah, but the you Pop-Tart have uh, bowl, four interesting bowl matchups. Here. I mean, uh, to me, they're just like not you know. There's not a lot here. <laughs> like bowl season, it used to really mean a lot to me because I was like, oh man, and I still kind of am like the this Oklahoma's playing in the Alamo Bowl, I think. Um, and it's still like I still want to see my team win that, but I'm also like, you know, some of the best players aren't going to play in that game, so. Why does it matter? It might as well be the spring game at yeah. this point. Oh man. Um, but the, um, the pop tart bowl, one of the fun things they're doing with that is they're having, um, big giant pop tart, like a giant pop tart, somebody in a pop tart costume, come around and like be a pop tart, a pop tart mascot or whatever. Again, mm-hmm. it's an advertisement. And then after the game is over, the winning team gets to eat this gigantic, huge pop tart. Ooh. And that's how toasted? that's the big trophy is you get to eat this gigantic, monstrous pop tart. Mm, that sounds it's just, cool. it's an, it's yeah, an yeah, go with the ridiculousness. It's awesome. But as long as people can watch real football and not like a preseason NFL style football but game, that's what it is. Nah, I think it's way, it's way more interesting and hard fought than a NFL preseason game. I'll sure. agree with you on that. Yeah. I'll, take, I'll take back what I said. 99% of those players or 90% of those players are going to go home or they're going to get their degree yeah. and they're going to, that's it. This is the yeah. end of their football career. But at that point, it's like, they definitely will play like it, but you're also watching at that point, subpar college football. Cause the guys that are going to the draft, they're going to sit out. The guys that are transferring are probably assuming that they're going to get a better opportunity elsewhere and are good enough to transfer. Somewhere I understand else. what you're saying. I want to say the phrase subpar. I think okay. even if a backup is playing, he's not going to be subpar. He's going to be right. very good. The backup yeah, for it's it's different. For Oregon State quarterback is he's he doesn't he's not terrible, right? And he's going to try. Yeah, none hard. of it like compared to it's not a replacement game. No, compared to the replacements, good movie. Yeah, um, compared to like you know high school football, it's obviously night and day difference. But yeah. it's not going to be the same as what we have been seeing on Saturdays for the last thirteen weeks. It's okay. less than that. I got gotcha. you. You see what I mean? I got gotcha. you. But there's already like, there's a ton of names already in the transfer portal. Like I'm looking at 24 seven sports who keeps track of all this stuff. Um, and these are all guys that are transferring. 
This is just a page of 50, and it's I can load even more players. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I, I'm... The bowl games are just like Oops. just lean into the ad. I'm okay with that. At the end of the, the the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl, you get to eat a gigantic ba- like bowl of chips, or you can jump into jump into, jump into like nacho cheese dip. Yeah, <laughs> good awesome. luck getting out of that. Yeah, that's that'd be and somebody's drowning in nacho cheese dip. <laughs> um, did you want to talk about the interesting bowl game? Yes, matchups? yes. The other thing is really quickly. I'm sorry about the bowl game slander, and I really apologize. But a lot of these. Bowl games, like they change names very frequently, yeah. too, which can lead to there's no legacy. Exactly. Not anymore. Like the the Pop-Tart Bowl, it used to be the Russell Athletic Bowl, the Camping World Bowl, the Champ Sports Goods Bowl. Like, you know, yeah, just doesn't really mean the anything. The only thing anymore. that really matters is like the Cotton Bowl, Orange Bowl, right. Sun Bowl, Citrus Bowl. Yeah. Orange Bowl, Peach Bowl, I think is getting up the, the Rose yeah. Bowl, obviously, yeah. but that's a playoff game this year. Um, So some interesting bowl game matchups. My first one, Armed Forces Bowl, James Madison versus Air Force. Air Force was like kind of butting their head into like top 15 territory. Uh, I like 10 weeks through the season. I enjoyed every single game Air Force played, except I didn't watch the last couple games. That makes one of us. I know. They're hard to watch. Really? I I hate the, I hate You don't like triple option? No, I hate it. Oh, I love it. I hate it. Give me the. Which way are they going? Give me the high flying stuff. Um, But they're playing James Madison. Madison, this is their first season in the FBS. They had a fantastic season. One loss on the year. Um, Lost to Appalachian State. They wouldn't have been able to compete in like the playoff anyways, even if they got, I mean, I don't think they were going to get the high anyways, but they weren't going to be able to anyways because of the, the bowl or the playoff ban after your first year entering the FBS or whatever. Um, Which is dumb. Yeah, it is dumb. It's really stupid. Um, But they're playing Air Force. I think it'll be fun matchup because I mean, this is going to be something that James Madison has never really seen before. Yeah, a, it's going to be cool. Yeah, a um, a armed forces matchup with triple options, wing T style offense, just a lot of garbage. Garbage. You a mean lot a lot of, of hard nose, bloody nose, <laughs> like ears to the like head, ear, nose to the grindstone. Nose to the grindstone. Yeah. Sorry, I love that. I like a grinding type of football game i want this game to be in the rain it'll make it even better i mean that would be cool i'd like it in the rain too that'd be fun rain games are always fun though regardless yeah, yeah. um that one would be fun to watch it'll be fun to watch james madison's first uh playoff game or playoff <laughs> Freudian, Freudian slip. NCAA, yeah. yeah um bowl game i mean they're gonna be very uh very much into this game i think i think james madison is one of those teams that are gonna see a lot of their players in that game because it'll be their first time trying to win a bowl game so yeah I think a lot of people will play that game. The Sun Bowl. I put this down just because Notre Dame's playing in the Sun Bowl, Sun Bowl which is crazy. I don't think they've ever played in the Sun Bowl. Um, but Oregon State versus Notre Dame, that'll be an interesting that matchup. That is a really good matchup. I wish DJ Youngle was playing in this game. Me too. Um, but I don't believe he is because he's hit the transfer portal. So they kind of... I don't know if that officially, um, like officially disqualifies you, but a lot of players that hit the transfer portal, they're like, this is severing ties at this point. Yeah. From the team that I'm currently on. Um, I so mean, their I don't coach won't be him. there. Yeah, and their coach won't be there. So, And there's already one quarterback who I'm looking at right now on the transfer portal page. Aiden Chili's. I apologize if I'm saying the name correctly. incorrectly. He was the backup quarterback for Oregon State yeah. this year. He's already projected to go to Michigan State. Like, it's already pretty much done. So, that's the... That's so, the, is, is that possible we're going to get the third string Oregon State quarterback in this game? It's very possible. And that's welcome to bowl season in the transfer portal era, baby. That's what we're getting. Um, let's this, have let's have a fifty 
team playoff or a you want like March team? Madness sixty eight team playoff? Yeah. Why not? Uh, can you imagine? I why not? They're twenty four weeks of football. Those well, guys would be coming you, you out of the season. They'd like, be brain dead. You'd have to play five games regular season. Yeah. It doesn't matter because all these the conference schedule wouldn't matter anyway. The conferences don't matter anyways. They're all touche. The pack. I mean, it's going to be the big what sixteen. Big sixteen, yeah. The yeah, the, the big sixteen. You got the pack two. Let's go pack two. <laughs> That's going to be a hard one. Yeah, now pack twelve's gone. That was actually sad at the end of the pack twelve championship sad. game. I was like, I love this the is pack twelve. Yeah. We all we got great stuff out of the Pac-12. I love the Pac-10, Pac-12. Pac-10, Pac-12, yeah. And that was it. That was the last game. Um, the Citrus Bowl, I kind of got what I was wishing for. Yeah, I wanted USC versus Iowa. Tennessee is another high-flying offense. <laughs> They're playing Iowa. They love to launch the ball downfield. Not yeah. a very good defensive team. I'm excited to see this one. I'm really? actually going to watch this game. I, I'm I don't think Iowa is going to do any better offensively. You're right. <laughs> You're absolutely right. But their defense could be good enough. Like, if their defense... They could I, truly, they're the only team I've ever seen where I'm like, their defense could score enough points to win this game. That's the only time I've ever thought that ever. Uh, if I was playing against Iowa, I would blitz everybody every single every single play because I mean, the chances are that if the pass is clean, they're going to drop it. Right. <laughs> or, or, or it's going to be inaccurate. Or being inaccurate. Yeah. 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 yeah welcome to. Sorry, God, Iowa. Dude, I, I, love- I was rooting for you. So was I. I wanted them to win too. There were a couple of people that predicted Iowa to win, and I was like, "What are we doing here?" I mean, it what, what been, are we doing? Like, I w- I wouldn't have predicted them to win, no, I, but I wanted them to win. I wanted them to win. They needed a lot of stuff to go their way if they yeah, wanted to win. They that didn't game. look too good. No. Um. And then finally, the Depression Bowl is what I'm calling it. Uh, two very depressed teams going up against each other in the actual Orange Bowl. It's Georgia versus Florida State. If I'm Florida State in this game, like or Georgia, honestly, at yeah. this point, just combine your teams together. And then just be like, we're actually opting out. We're not going to play in this game. No, sorry, losers. I think they guess have, what? NCAA? This is a you call it depression bowl. This is a chip on your shoulder bowl. You uh, think so? Yeah, they're going to play. I think Florida State at least will play really hard and then stick it to Georgia. And if they beat Georgia, if they beat Georgia a lot more impressively than Alabama did, right? Then, then you know what? Like what UCF did give each other a national championship type of party. They're undefeated. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we'll, we'll claim that was what they used to do back in the day is you'd win like a bowl game and then you claim the national title yeah. and then like the writers would vote on it or something. And so they would, uh, split stupid. It too. Yeah. It was one of the dumbest things in the world. Um, I'm pretty sure when Washington won the national title the last time, I think 2001, 2000, mm-hmm. I think that was a split title. It was. Yeah. Yeah. If you can believe that. Wow. Another thing I want to talk about, uh, I want to mention really quick. The entire reason we started the BCS, by the way, was because in 2004, Auburn, 2004 Auburn team, they went undefeated. Oh, really? And they were left out of the national championship game. So we created the BCS. We're like, we're going to do this analytically now. It's going to be computers. This is how we're going to do it. And then years later, we got the BCS. Oh, wait, uh, Baylor and TCU both get left out because they don't have a conference championship game. And they were both undefeated or one lost teams or whatever. And they yeah. should have been playing in it. But that 2000, what was it? 2004, 2005. 2004. The, it was January, 2005 when that national championship game happened, which was Texas versus USC, right? Reggie Bush. That yes. was one of the greatest games right. ever. And Texas yeah. won. I mean, you're overtime, right. You're not, you're not, they got it right in the end, but people don't remember like Auburn was an undefeated team and they just got nothing. But here we are again. It's the same problem. Yeah. It's insane. Also, by the way, uh, Kyle McCord, who is the quarterback for Ohio state, transfer portal so he will probably not be playing in the bowl game against 
Who are they playing? Missouri. He probably Man, won't play in that. Because that would be a, that was another really good um, bowl game matchup that I thought was cool. Missouri versus Ohio State. Cameron Ward is leaving Washington State. I don't know if they have a bowl game. I can't remember. Oh, I'm sure they. Well, yeah, they do. They do. I think they Gonzo. have a record. Oh, I don't know. Tyler Van Dyke's leaving Miami. He won't play in their bowl game. I mean, Cam Ward is awesome, by the way. Cam Ward is very good. He's going to make a team very happy wherever he goes. Why not Washington State? I don't know, dude. What is with it? Why not Oklahoma? Do they? Do you think these players like they see a market that can give them more money? I think that's part of it or now. Where, where they can earn more money? I they can say? get. There's just bigger boosters at these bigger schools. So, like a, a quarterback, I think it was um, Matt Rule, who's the head coach at Nebraska, recently just said he said that a starting quarterback through the transfer portal is costing teams or whatever NIL groups like $2 million on average, which is think of where we were five years ago. Like yeah. that is insane. And I love it. Like I'm I okay, like with, I'm okay yeah, with that. I don't too. have a problem with it. They should be getting paid, but it is very much the wild, wild West. Yeah. Good that's, luck. That's players. Okay. Good, shout money. out the players. Make as much money as you possibly can. Yes. Shout out Florida state. We're thinking, we're thinking about you. Even though I don't love Florida state and I'm not a big Florida state fan at all. I like Florida state. Um, I like that football program. I always have since I was little. Really? Yeah. Deion Sanders. That would have been right around your time. Um, there was a running back. I can't think of his name. Running back for Florida State. He was short. He, I think he ended up playing in the NFL for uh, Tampa Bay, I believe. Um, and he was one of my favorite players. Must have, This must have been the 90s from 1995 to 2000 or area. 1995. Short running back FSU is what I just Googled. Um, Jeremy Rudolph. No. Oh. No. Uh, oh, work done. Work done. There yeah, we go. Okay. Yeah, work done. Yeah. He played for Tampa, right? Am I getting that right? Uh he played he played football. Yeah, work done. He played football oh, somewhere. I love this he did guy. play for Tampa. Yeah. Ninety seven to two thousand one. See? I'm good with memory. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that's All me right. talking to myself. All right. That's the conclusion of the college football segment. We're gonna talk uh some NFL stuff next. Thanks for having me. Have you visited Alpine Climate Control's showroom? They have fireplace features, furnaces, outdoor fire pits, and pizza ovens that are all hooked up and working so you can see exactly how they all function before you buy. They also have outdoor seating, heat, and lights available. Stop by Alpine Climate Control and visit the showroom today. The showroom is open weekdays from 8.30 until 4.30 and every Saturday from 10 until 4. Alpine Climate Control located at 2705 Coffeen Avenue in Sheridan and online at alpineclimatecontrol.com. Okay, my dear listener, Grant is gone. It's just you and me now. Now we're just going to talk some NFL. He's a big college football guy. doesn't watch a lot of NFL, so it's just you and me for NFL segment. Let's talk some NFL. I want to start with, we had something last week that I didn't get to mention because I it was all college football last week. That's why I had to cut it down this week. But last week, we had something that happened that I needed to mention and I forgot. I forgot it last week. But you guys know what the music is. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We had a scoregami this past weekend. Denver, the very own Broncos, our regionally favored Denver Broncos. They beat Cleveland 29-12. to It was the first time that score had ever happened in the history of the NFL. 1,081st unique score in NFL history, and so we uh, we celebrate. That's what we do around here for Scoregamis with the banger French Romance song. 
You know how it goes. All right. It was a good weekend. It was a good weekend in the NFL. That was last weekend. That was last weekend. Um, so yeah, Scorigami last weekend. And then uh, this weekend, we had some big games, some fun games. There's a lot of mediocre football being played right now, to be honest with you, especially in, or in, in the NFL right now. However, one of the better teams, the uh, Miami Dolphins and the AFC, uh, a fantastic team. I think they're the, they're the one seed right now in the AFC as it stands uh, today, which is Monday. So we still have a Monday night football game to be played. But as of Monday, they're the number one, uh, number one team, the number one seed heading into week 14. Um, and they were playing the Washington Commanders. And uh, something pretty incredible happened. Yeah, you know what was happening. Two weeks in a row. That is right, ladies and gentlemen. We had a second scoregami in back-to-back weeks. We had uh, Denver, Cleveland last week, twenty-nine to twelve, and then Miami in a, a rainstorm. It was an ugly day in e- not East Rutherford. I don't remember where Washington plays. I mean Washington, but they played somewhere not near Washington. Um, they won. Miami beat Washington forty-five to fifteen. The first time that score has ever happened. It is the one thousand. An 82nd unique score in NFL history. Back-to-back weekends. I believe we have seven score commies this year. And uh, add that one to the list. We're celebrating, ladies and gentlemen. Um, celebration. Score gami. Here's two, three weeks in a row. Let's hope that happens because that would be just beautiful. We need we need three weeks of score gami in a row. In, in, a, in a world where it's, it's hard to find hope, and, and happiness in this world. So right now we can at least rely on Scorigami. And that's what we root for in this household on this podcast. We root for Scorigami. So we had two, two and in, in reoccurring weekends, one last weekend to, and another this weekend. So shout out the dolphins, shout out Scorigami. It's a good time to be alive. There's a lot of really bad football being played right now. Let's start. Let, let's switch gears. There's a lot of really bad professional football being played right now. Uh, the NFC is kind of a disaster. Uh, the 49ers just lit up the Philadelphia Eagles felt like a more of a revenge game more than anything. Like the Niners were pretty pissed off about the NFC championship last year. Brock Purdy got hurt. Didn't feel like they were able to really showcase their full availability in that game. And then the Eagles just blew them out because they're the 49ers backup quarterback was Christian McCaffrey at that time. So 49ers, it felt like they needed to come in and show Philly who they were, you know, who they were missing out on. Essentially, they blow out the Eagles. Uh, show that they're far and away the best team in the NFC right now. It feels like right now, anyways, um, just top to bottom, very, very good. I mean, they can run the ball better than pretty much anybody in the league. Brock Purdy is putting on a pretty good display of football. I don't know. The MVP conversation is a little, that's a little, that's a lot. I'll be honest with you. Let's, let's cool it down just a tad. I still think Tyree kill is probably the MVP of the league right now. He's been unbelievable. He's probably going to have 2000 yards receiving by the end of the season. Um, but still, I mean, Brock Purdy's doing exactly what he needs to do in order to win football games under like Kyle Shanahan has crafted an offense there. That is something that we've never seen before in which they have. He has made something in which you can ignore the most important part of his offense. Like you just need to be in the system and run the system correctly in order to be viewed as a good quarterback in this league. And I'm not saying that's what Brock Purdy is. That's definitely what Jimmy G was. Um, I think Brock Purdy's maybe a little bit better than Jimmy G, um, but I don't think he's, you know, a superstar by any means or anything like that, but he's performing very well in that offense and they're running very well under Brock Purdy uh, with him leading the offense. But the rest of the NFC, 
it's Philly, it's San Fran, it's Detroit, and then it's Dallas. Those are, uh, you know, 10 and 2 is Philly, and then 9 and 3, San Francisco, Detroit, and Dallas. The rest of that entire conference is either 500 or below. That is how bad that conference is right now. There are, was it six teams that are 6 and 6 on the season right now? Atlanta's going to host a playoff game, and they're 6 and 6 if they keep this lead in the NFC South that they. When, if they, you know, whatever, stay six and if they finish, I guess you can't be 500 at the end of the season, but if they finish eight and nine or whatever and win the NFC South, they're going to host a playoff game. And that's vile. That's disgusting. That shouldn't be a thing, in my opinion. You can win your division, but if you're sub 500, you just automatically, you're not allowed to be. Nope. You're not allowed to be in. Sorry. Sorry, Atlanta fans. And I don't want to see that team in the playoffs. Please. Just, I'm begging you. I'm begging the NFL. I don't want to see that team in the playoffs. I don't want to see them play the Cowboys in the, in a wild card game. Just, I'm please, I'm begging you. Um, the AFC though, I mean, they have some better, they have a lot better teams in their division right now. Um, it's not substantially better, but it's definitely, I think more top favorable Miami, obviously Baltimore is a very good football team. Jacksonville has really turned things around over the last few, uh, the last few weeks. They're four and one in their last five Kansas city. We got some concerns about Kansas city, obviously. Um, but I think Indy can be pretty dangerous with their run game. I think their defense is good enough. Gardner Minshew, who knows what you're going to get out of Gardner Minshew, but they've won four in a row. Um, Cleveland's got a very good defense. They're seven and five Houston. Houston's a dangerous, dangerous team, especially with CJ Stroud playing the way he is. That's a very, very solid football team. And then even the Broncos, they've come around a little bit. Buffalo, who knows where they're going to end up at the end of this season, but they have all the pieces they kind of need in order to make a decent run at the end of the season and into the playoffs and be that kind of dark horse wild card team that feels like we have every single year. Um, but they're six and six. I mean, they're technically 10th in the, in the conference right now. So uh, Cincinnati's down there as well, but they lost Joe Burrow. So their season's basically over. But I mean, it basically the cutoff point is basically Buffalo at this point. And um, everybody above them, it feels like it's, it's, is better than Buffalo right now, except maybe I would say Buffalo is maybe still a little bit better than Indy, probably a little bit better than Cleveland, but Buffalo still got a lot of things to figure out. I, if you were to, if you were to tell me to pick a team right now uh, between like Houston and Buffalo, I would probably pick Houston because Houston is a, I mean, that's a scary team. They did just lose tank Dell, which is a big loss for them. Um, but they have a pretty solid outside of tank Dell. Nico Collins has really been very good this year as a number two tank Dell's kind of emerges as a number one. Um, but I think Nico Collins is going to be very good at sliding into that spot. But tank Dell is definitely a, a very big loss for that offense. Um, but yeah, just some of the games that we saw this weekend were, abysmal Atlanta new uh, uh, Atlanta versus the Jets never want to see that ever again I thought for sure that game was going to get scoregami especially since the Jets had a safety as the opening uh, they, they um, the Falcons had a safety against them so the Jets forced a safety uh, against the Falcons to open that game and I was like oh this is scoregami territory this is it we're going to get a scoregami today but it wasn't them that got the scoregami it was Miami um, and I don't want to see that game ever again please and thank you really appreciate it uh, Chargers Patriots that was even worse Six to nothing uh, against uh, against two bad teams. Oh my god, dude! Just don't show it on live television anymore. I can't do this with these terrible, these very me- and Chargers shouldn't be bad. Like they, that should not be a bad football team. We've talked about the Chargers week in week out. That should not be a bad football team, and it's a bad football team. It's a really bad football team. Um, yeah, really bad's probably probably a little overzealous, but that's a bad football team for whatever reason. Feels like they have decent talent. They should not be sub five hundred. I don't know if they should be, you know, playing for a divisional lead or anything like that. But they got a guy at quarterback that you could put up against anybody else in the league, other than you know your top three quarterback guys, um, and decent enough guys on the outside, and uh, what should be decent players on defense. 
to be better than sub 500 and they go into Foxborough and it's six to nothing. And I just, I see that game and I want to go back to sleep. I just want to go back to sleep. The Cardinal Steelers game was pretty ugly. Um, it just, you know, it was ugly. It was, they had a weather delay in that game. The entire thing was just pretty ugly. Uh, just a lot of bad football being played. I never thought I'd agree with Tom Brady on the point that he said where I think he said on his podcast that there's a lot of mediocre football. Like he looks around the league and he's not very impressed by a lot of the teams. And I disagreed with him at first. And now I'm kind of like, I mean, he's right. He's, he's really right. Like somebody's going to come out of the NFC South uh, other than, uh, I mean, and it's probably going to be the Falcons. And you look at the Buccaneers are gross. Panthers just got eliminated from playoff contention, but that's another NFC South team. It's just depressing. And it's hard to watch a lot of these. There's t- entire divisions that I'm just invo- avoiding watching at this point. Cause I'm like, I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch these teams. I thought the lions, uh, the Lions went up 21, nothing in the first quarter. And I thought they were going to blow out the saints. Um, luckily that game, ended up being a little bit closer or closer than uh, what I thought it was going to be. Derek Carr ended up having a decent, decent game. He got injured towards the end. Obviously Jameis Winston came in, um, but you know, Jared Goff had a fantastic game in that game. Uh, Sam Laporta is turning out to be one of the better tight ends in the league in his rookie season um, and how they're scheming him with Ben Johnson over there. Uh, the lions are a very good team. The sign the saints, you know, not very good. I'm also being, I'm starting to get very worried about the, the Kansas city chiefs at this point. I thought what we were seeing from Kansas city was a very good defensive turnaround. I thought they were really starting to turn things around defensively and the offense was going to find itself eventually kind of find the correct personnel that that was going to mesh better with Patrick Mahomes, whether it be um, uh, Isaiah Pacheco, Rashid Rice, Travis Kelsey, like a a grouping that they were going to be able to figure out and Patrick Mahomes be comfortable with. But then they go play uh, Green Bay and the the pack or the Packers offense basically does whatever it wants against Kansas City. Um, again, the Chiefs dealing with some defense uh, some defensive injuries that are really costing them, especially in that game as well. Um, but Jordan Love looks lights out in that game. That's probably that's like a breakout game. A lot of people are thinking uh, for him in that matchup. And Kansas City offense still just cannot find footing under um, the personnel that they have. I still think they have a, probably the weakest. Um, receiving core outside of Travis Kelsey, like strictly receiving core, so wide receivers uh, in the entire NFL, there's not a worse receiving core, in my opinion, than that of the Chiefs right now. Um, and it's crazy because then they were they had Tyreek Hill not too long ago. Then offense looked just unstoppable whenever they were pairing Tyreek Hill with Travis Kelsey. And it's crazy how much getting rid of Tyreek Hill has really cost them in. Um, explosiveness on the backside with that team. Like there's just nobody I can trust at the receiver position for the chiefs to, you know, outrun somebody and catch a ball downfield for big explosive plays. There's barely anybody I can trust to catch balls on that team other than Travis Kelsey at this point or Isaiah Pacheco. Um, so yeah, I definitely worried. I, I don't think I would be stunned to see to at this point, which is crazy for me to say, I would be stunned unless they really start to turn things around stunned to see the Kansas city chiefs come out of the AFC. I just think there's too many good teams in the AFC right now that can knock them out. I think the, the, the Miami dolphins that they just played recently. Um, but I think, you know, if, if they're playing at home, I think the Miami dolphins could beat them. I think the Baltimore, I think the Ravens are substantially better, uh, than the chiefs are right now. Even the Jags, I think they're playing better than the Kansas city chiefs are right now. Um, so, and then even, I mean, the Texans, I just have a lot of faith in the Texans right now. I'll be honest with you. I'm like, I, I really, really like that Texans team. Um, but anyways, we'll see. I, I just, you know, the chiefs, they got, they got a lot of stuff they got to figure out. Um, 
offensively, even and defensively, you know, it's something you got to, it's a war of attrition. I said that earlier. It's a war of attrition in the NFL as well. And you just basically have to, whoever's the healthiest at the end of the year is the one that's going to win it all. And uh, on the defensive side of things, they have not been lucky health wise, unfortunately. So we'll see with the chiefs. I, I don't know what to expect, to be honest with you. We also had the rare Thursday night game that turned out to be like the actual best game of the week um, with the Cowboys and the Seahawks. Like that game was really fun to watch. That was a, a really good game. Um, Jack Prescott's continuing to, I think, open eyes with what he's able to do. Uh, I think some people are putting him, I mean, and rightfully so, very highly on the MVP conversation. Uh, he threw for three TDs in that game. And uh, the Seahawks, I thought this game was honestly going to be a blowout because the Seahawks were not looking uh, outstanding the last few weeks. Some very questionable games. Um, and I thought Geno Smith had maybe fallen back to earth a little bit. I thought we were kind of seeing a... Uh, regression to the mean when it came to Geno Smith, but he came out and he had a very good game as well. He had 334 yards, three touchdowns as well. Um, so I, I'm, I was impressed by both these teams. I think the Cowboys are maybe the best team at home this year. Like they're unbelievable at home. Now it's a lot different when they go on the road, they struggle on the road, but they have been probably the best home team so far that I've seen this season. Just their offense clicks on all cylinders um, when they're at home CeeDee Lamb has looked like he's going to be, he's been one of the best receivers in the, in, in the NFL outside of Tyreek Hill because Tyreek Hill's having a, you know, monstrous season. Um, but outside of him, I mean, you could very easily make the argument that CeeDee Lamb has been the best receiver um, in the entire NFL. So, and they have the highest point differential, which, you know, you can't really take a whole lot out of that, but a uh, 168 point differential that's ahead of the San Francisco 49ers who have 163. So, and then it's a huge steep drop off after that. So, um, yeah, I mean, Dallas, as long as they're at home, I'm very confident in that team winning football games. If they go on the road, it gets a little dangerous. It gets a little dicey for that team. But, you know, they're undefeated at home so far this season. I think they're the only undefeated team um, this season at home, uh, in the NFC anyways. I think in the AFC, the Dolphins are still are undefeated at home as well. But in the NFC, they're the only undefeated team in the NFC at home. So, um yeah, just a bad, some mediocre football, except the top. There's some very good top. It's a top-heavy league right now, a very top-heavy league. There's not very many seven and five teams that I feel pretty confident about and even confident at all about going in and maybe knocking off a top-seeded team other than, again, big Texans guy here. I think Texan, Houston could maybe do that with how well C.J. Stroud is playing. Again, take Delwin out. That's a problem. Um, but they have some pace. I think they have some pieces to make some noise in that conference. Um, and maybe knock somebody off that is a top-seeded team. But that's pretty much it. Like, there's not really anybody else. I don't see the Falcons and the NFC doing anything like that. I don't see Minnesota doing anything like that. I guess if Green Bay keeps to, uh, continues to play like they have been, maybe. But, I mean, they've been a little back and forth so far this season. Not, I don't see the Seahawks doing it, unfortunately. Even though I just, you know, Geno Smith had a very good game. But their defense isn't as good as it needs to be, I don't think. Um, I don't see the Rams doing it. Same problem with their defense as well. So, I mean, it's just, it's to me, it's the Texans as that wild card team that could possibly uh, scare some teams down the line. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm just happy about the scoregamis. You know, that, that's what we, again, that's what we root for around here. We're a scoregami household. That's what we're going to root for. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that is going to wrap up the show today. I want to thank you very much for tuning in. Shout out to Grant Yuri for coming in and doing the show with me for the college football playoff committee reveals that uh, I think left a lot of people stunned when um, we, we had our reactions as well. So thank you for him coming in, talking some college football there as well. Um, and uh, we'll be back next week talking 
I don't know, whatever we want to talk about. Whatever is going to happen in the NFL, NCAA, Shohei Otani might make a, pick a team this week. We'll definitely talk about that if that happens. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, Bob's your uncle. And that's what we'll say at the end of this. Thank you again very much for tuning in. Um, please remember to leave a rating on the podcast or any of those popular podcasting platforms as well. Would greatly appreciate that. And um, we'll see you next week. This has been the Weekend Sports Rep Podcast, and I have been your host, James Timberlake.